Charlotte. And I'm Helly, and welcome to 20s Are Hard, our fortnightly podcast about surviving your 20s. So, um, how have you been recently? It's been about a week since we last recorded, so what have you been up to? Oh my god, do you know what? It doesn't even feel like that long. It's flown by. Work has been been mad. Um, Just really, really busy. But I went back to netball, which was nice. I think I've forgotten how to play though. It's been over a month since I last played and it's like Bambi running around on the court. <laughs> ridiculous. But um, no, it's, other than that, like it's been quite chilled out. I actually had the weekend at home last weekend, which was nice. It made a nice change. Mm-hmm. But, um, what about you? What have you been up to? Really not a lot either. Like this weekend just gone, I was at home. I hadn't planned to have it as a free weekend. Um, And then some plans kind of ended up falling through. So I just had two days where I didn't leave the flat other than to take out the bins because I live a very glamorous life. (laughs) Um, But it was really nice because I just had two super chilled mornings, watched like actual TV, like TV channels, um, which I never do anymore. So that was fun. Um, Isn't it crazy how stuff like that actually feels like a treat when you you haven't done it for so long? I know. Well, I was watching, I was just watching kind of like crap, but really good crap. So I watched like Melissa and Joey. I watched the Goldbergs. I watched old school Sabrina the Teenage Witch. None of this oh. new cursing, like actual Sabrina. Um, and like I watched that new dancing show that's on BBC One on a Saturday night, which I quite enjoyed. Um, I watched Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. I watched all the TV. <laughs> so like nice to watch TV eat loads of food get a lot of life admin done get a lot of blog stuff sorted out just really nice really but yeah nothing nothing crazy this is why I quite like January to kind of have that downtime before it gets a bit crazier come spring yeah I feel I do feel like I needed it like November and December were so so manic that having this downtime has been a godsend speaking of watching stuff this weekend my first recommendation is actually a tv show which my housemate made me watch and I've, I can't remember the last time I got hooked on something so, like, addictively. <laughs> what is it? It's called Ascension. It's on Netflix. And um, it's only six episodes. And they annoyingly cancelled it. They're not making any more because Netflix decided to put money into, like, Stranger Things and other stuff like that. It's, it's been on Netflix for a couple of years. But it's about, it starts 51 years into a space voyage where 600 people are living on board. And it was basically during like the Kennedy space race kind of era. And they basically took, they took like a bunch of the brightest people on earth and put them like, they mysteriously disappeared basically, but they put them on this rocket and sent them into space as basically Mm. like a way to preserve life on earth by sending them elsewhere to another planet to continue the human race. But I don't want to spoil it for anyone. There is a massive, massive twist and it blew my mind and I was so addicted to it and I'm absolutely gutted they're not making any more I I actually think you should watch it I think you would really enjoy it and the tw- the twist just blew no oh my god I was <laughs> I was screaming at the tv it was just oh it's amazing but um I recommend that I'm gonna put that on my watch list because Alex and I are looking because we watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine but it's so, there's so many episodes it's quite yeah. a long thing to watch um we want something a bit more kind of meaty to get our teeth into. So maybe um, we will start watching that this weekend because that sounds right up my street. It's really good. And they like maintain social, I don't know, like so the kind of social hierarchy as well. Like even though they've like left Earth, it's weird. Like the, all those social kind of constructs still remain. 
um, like people that work in the generator rooms, they're like the working class. And then you've got the people who work on the bridge and they're like the upper class who all have the nice parties, but they're all like frozen in the, in the 60s because that's when they left Earth. Like everything is still 60s. That sounds really interesting. I um, I yeah. got Alex hooked onto Silent Witness this week because it's so now back. Funny. It started last night. Um, and he's never watched it before because obviously he was away for so long. Yeah. Um, for years I've been like, you would love this, you would love this. And last night it started. And because I'm a child... I um, was a bit scared of watching it on my own, so I made him watch it so I could text him if I got scared. But him and his family sat down to watch it, and they're now absolutely hooked. We we had a whole 10-minute conversation earlier about who he thinks has done it this week. I did actually watch it last night after you reminded me, because it went straight onto iPlayer. So I I actually watched it like 10 till 11. Okay, we're going to have to discuss that after we finish recording. Um, But that is actually what my recommendation was for the week. (laughs) I've hyped on about mine for so long. I really hope that that one was yours as well. (laughs) Well, I'm going to go straight into my next one, though. It's um, the book Feminists Don't Wear Pink and Other Lies by Scarlett Curtis. Um, This got a lot of attention in the media when it launched a few months ago now, I believe. Um, And it's essentially a collection of essays where she interviews low... Well, she doesn't interview, she interviews some of the people, but... She's basically tasked loads of different women with writing about feminism from loads of different perspectives. There's a lot of intersectionality in there, which I really enjoyed. And it's been a really engaging read because it's just a collection of essays. It's quite um, easy to pick up and put down. And Oh, yeah, I like that. Yeah, and where it's a bit more of a heavier topic, um, it's quite nice to dip in and out. And some of the ones that I've been really, really enjoying, if you have the book or if you pick up the book, I loved the one with Jamila Jamil. Um, obviously a lot of people know her for hashtag I weigh but this was um, this was something a bit different to that and it was really really great there was also a really amazing piece by Kira Knightley and I feel like Kira Knightley is a really interesting person because obviously she was so famous in the early noughties for her roles and then she kind of dropped off the radar a bit and people don't seem to like her and I never understood why yeah she did a she did an interview like a good few months ago now and she basically like unpacked that and she said I don't know where it came from she's like I I got a lot of hate for the way I was on Love Actually like she said that like absolutely baffled me because I've always known that there's been a bit of a dislike of her and I've never really understood why no I always really liked her but this piece she wrote was really really brilliant I really thoroughly enjoyed it um not something I would expect from her but yeah there's loads of great things there's actually one in there that I think I texted you about this one the catastrophizers catastrophizers alphabet oh yeah which is basically just us like written in a in an essay so definitely um you have to check that out next time you come over but yeah I've been really enjoying reading it and it's also helping me reach my book reading goal for 2019 which is always good yeah I might have to borrow that actually yeah, I'll give it to you once I finished it. Yay, thanks. And I know I've kind of already done a, another one because I mentioned Silent Witness. They've been cheeky. I've thrown in a third one. The other thing I've really been enjoying over the past couple of weeks is the Feel Better Live More podcast. It's by Dr. Roman Chatterjee. And some people might know him from BBC show. I think it's called Doctor in the House, which is where I first heard about him. Oh, yeah. I just absolutely love the guy. Like, I really do. I love his approach to medicine. I love his approach to health. I think it's really, um, really accessible, really simplified, just a really great approach. But his podcast series, I think there's about 50 episodes now. He just interviews different people from within the health space, but also outside of it. Um, so he interviews some business owners and personal trainers. Every week has a different topic. And I would really highly recommend going and giving it a listen because they're just really informative 
and there's always like actionable things you can do in your everyday life to improve your health which I just think is the best idea oh that's such a oh I might have to check that out I feel like especially the start of the new year as well I feel like that's really relevant he also has a really calming voice I think he should do like sleepy time stories for calm but um I would listen to that (laughs) you know there's that too but um, what's your other recommendation for the week? Mine's just a little a little thing that I think is a nice a nice way to start your day. Um, because one of the first things that I do, and this is not a good habit, but one of the first things I do in the morning is look at Instagram. And I always see um, pop up on my stories the uh, thought catalogue. I don't know if you've heard of them. Oh, I don't follow them. Um, but they every morning they just post a little a little quote or a little paragraph, a little kind of caption in their stories um and it's just a little motivator for the day sometimes it's like a couple of stories long sometimes it's a poem that someone's written but it's it's a really nice way to start your day with some positivity because I'm such a big advocate of starting your day in a positive way and I never think to do it I just get out of bed go get in the shower or whatever my routine is but I actually think starting your day with a bit of a positive thought makes such a difference. So I'd really recommend if you get the chance, um, go and follow Thought Catalogue and just click on their stories and see. And they share so many great things on there. I mean, not all of them are at my street. Some of them are a bit too bit too soft and cuddly for me. <laughs> but but um, no, it's, it's a really nice way to start the day. And I do actually look out for them in the morning as well when I open up the app. That's really nice. I think that's that's really good what you just like hit on there about starting your day positively like I always think oh I should do that and I don't really but recently I've been trying to put on more like upbeat music when I wake up in the morning and I do find it puts me in a much better mood like I think it's like forcing yourself to like, no today is going to be a good day yeah and I mean it's the same way I'm, I'm such a strong believer in you shouldn't go to bed angry and I think it's the same kind of thing of wake up it's a new day it's a fresh start I don't think being negative the first thing in the morning is ever going to be good for anyone but equally I don't know if looking at social media is the best thing to do first thing in the morning either. Well I do think that takes us really nicely onto our topic for this week of social media and how we're using it. Yeah absolutely I think it's so relevant at the moment I think I mean the week that we're recording this um, there's actually just been new guidelines published this week by BBC uh, not by BBC an article on the BBC that has published guidelines from Royal College of Pediatrics and Child Health no that's a mouthful new guidelines have been published that is basically saying screen time hasn't been found to have a correlation to being harmful to children however if you use it in a way that's replacing things like family time exercise sleep then it is and I think our topic this week about looking at social media and the effect that it has on us I think that's so relevant because it's such a big part of our lives and we don't realize sometimes the amount that it can possibly be taking over even when we're not on it the impact that it's having I completely agree. When I updated my phone um, a couple of months ago, it put in, I think it was an auto feature of a new iOS update, but it was um, like screen time. And it actually put, you could enable it for all apps. So I just did it and it puts an actual block on when I can use all my apps other than text messages, calls, and um, I've set it so I can use my Calm app when I go to sleep. And actually having that and having restrictions on when I can use it has made me realise how mindlessly I would scroll first thing in the morning and last thing at night for ages. It's made me so much more aware. And I think we all consume it so frequently. It's such a 
regular part of your day that you almost take it for granted. And actually, if you're consuming anything at that level, it's going to have an impact. So I think we all need to be a bit mindful, especially at the start of a new year. I think that's a really good point to do this. But be a bit mindful about the content that we're um, kind of taking on board and engaging with and whether that actually is beneficial for us. Absolutely. I mean, I haven't got one of those on my phone, but there's that inbuilt feature now on Instagram that tells you how much time you spend on there. And I mean, yes, I'm at work in the day, but I'm horrified. And I usually spend, my average is about an hour and a half to two hours. And I am horrified by that. And that's just on Instagram. So how much time do I spend on other apps as well? Mm, definitely. And I think it really comes back to that thing, kind of how they said in the article, where are you finding that hour and a half in your day? Like, is it that actually instead of having dinner with a friend or like a housemate or calling someone while you have your dinner, are you just scrolling through the internet? Or is it just dead time in your day where you're like waiting for a train or whatever? Like, yeah, where, where have you found that hour and a half and what are you replacing with it? Yeah, and there was um there was an article actually on the Guardian and this this horrifies me more that so they did a study of eleven thousand fourteen year olds, boys and girls, mm-hmm. and it found that two in five girls are on social media at least three hours a day. Whoa. And really shocked by that. Three hours. That's fourteen years old. Like, like that's insane. And 40% of those girls who spend more than five hours a day um, have symptoms of depression. I think that's really interesting. I think um, I think we, we're part of the generation that had social media introduced to us when we were a bit older. And yeah. so we grew up with stuff like MSN, but we didn't grow up with Instagram. Like Instagram just wasn't really a thing maybe until we were maybe the end of uni. Um, yeah. And Twitter wasn't really used in the same way and... I think I'm really grateful now that I didn't have these platforms when I was younger because I don't, I just wasn't as self-aware and I'm sure I'll look back in five years time and be like, God, I wasn't self-aware in my mid-twenties either, but I definitely would not have been mindful enough to make sure that the things that I were consuming were actually beneficial for me. And I think that's the thing because now like you said, because we've been introduced to it later. And obviously, you and I, we spend a lot of time on Instagram. Um, we, we enjoy kind of shooting content, posting content, you've got a blog. But because I feel like because that's come to us at a later point, I don't know about you. But I feel so aware of the level of like falsehood in especially in Instagram, but I'm just so aware of how much of it is fictitious and how much of it is manufactured. Uh, yeah, I think I think I probably wasn't a few years ago. I've definitely become more aware and a lot more conscious. Oh, yeah. I think the, you know, I think this sounds a bit negative that, you know, everything about social media, there's pos- positives as well. And we'll come on to those. But I think a lot of what you see on your Instagram feed is filtered, is edited in some way. And some of the time that's harmless. Like you and I will like white it, like brighten a background or we'll add a filter. But then there are people who are faking entire elements of their life. And whether that's, you know, they're saying they're in this amazing, happy, brilliant relationship and that makes you feel a bit crappy about yours. Or, you know, they say they have this killer body, but actually they have a killer body with Photoshop and certainly not without it. Whatever it is, there's so many ways that you can kind of embellish the truth or just outright lie. Um, and yeah. no one's sharing the reality of it or very few people are if they're kind of, behaving in that way on social media 
I think you kind of have to take everything you see with a pinch of salt. I think yeah. now when we look at um, adverts on billboards and in magazines, we're all a bit more mindful of that actually probably doesn't look like that. And it's probably been edited. There's been a lot of back and forth between like a creative team and how they want an advert to look. We need to apply that same lens to when we look at social media. Yeah, but I think I think that's the point that I'm coming from in that because we've kind of grown with social media, like we've grown up as it's also grown up. Yeah. That's given us the chance to maybe be a bit more aware of it. I'm not saying that everyone is, but those younger children, like 13, 14 year olds who have just they, they've already grown up, they're, they're growing up in it now yeah. as it is. They don't have that knowledge and that experience to see that, oh, that girl with the perfect body and like they think how do I get that why don't I look like that not yeah. oh that's photoshopped or and that like you said that goes from everything from oh god that person has a perfect relationship I'm so jealous mm-hmm. or that person goes on holiday loads or that person's always so happy actually social media is a projection of the the high points of people's lives it does not show you everything behind the scenes it shows you what they want to depict yeah completely and I think because of that, you need to make sure that the content you're consuming is positive for you. And I think there's a real idea of what the perfectly positive Instagram page is or on any social media, and it should be full of like, you know, body positivity and like beautiful houses that you can aspire to buy. And actually, I don't think it is about that. I think it's more about making sure that when you follow someone and their content appears on your feed, it is only happiness that you feel. And I was listening to the Happy Place podcast um, with Fern Cotton the other week and she was viewing Zoe Sugg. And of course, Zoe has so much experience of this with her entire career being online. And she made a really good point. And she was like, you know, you've got to go through your Instagram feed and make sure that it's giving you the right kind of reactions. And she's like, and they had the whole discussion about this and saying how you've got to kind of say, okay, what is this reaction? Is it positive? Do I think it's positive because it's like fit inspiration or whatever, or fit inspiration? Um, but actually, it's just actually making me feel a bit crummy about my own body. And when I heard that, I thought, no, like my entire feed is really inspiring and makes me really happy. And afterwards, when I was going through Instagram, I looked at every image differently. And I thought, okay, but is this sparking a happy reaction? And actually, a lot of them weren't. Do you know what? You said that to me the other week and I really started looking and there are people, and I know we've discussed this, I'm not like going to name any Instagrammers no. or anything, but there are people who I've followed because I've always been like, oh, their pictures are amazing. I love what they do. I love where they travel, like so much inspiration. And I actually thought about it and I was like, I really, I do as a, as a, cr- a content creator, I can appreciate how much work has gone into what they're doing. However, yeah. The way that they are pitching their lives to their hundreds of thousands of followers makes me really uncomfortable and I'm not actually enjoying seeing this on my feed. So I just muted them and unfollowed them. Yeah, I've been doing that so much more and making more use of the unfollow and not being like, oh God, I'll do that later. But like, actually, when I see the image, no, I'm unfollowing it. Yeah. And it has made a difference. I've noticed, like I've been doing it now for, well, I listened to the podcast whenever it came out. So it's been a few weeks I've been doing it now. And I think my Instagram feed is a happier place. And I think, you know, we focused on kind of the bad things, but there are some really lovely parts of the internet. Like I think it's not just getting rid of the stuff that's not so nice, but also incorporating more of the stuff that is nice, like the thought catalogue you just mentioned. Um, but one of my other favourite accounts at the moment is the Insecure Girls Club. Yeah. I just I just love what Liv Purvis is doing there. Um, I think she's such a sweetheart anyway, but the whole idea and the whole concept of the account is just really just it's just really refreshing 
and I think that's what we need. Yeah, I I feel the same about this. Um, pos- it's called Positively Present, and it's just mm-hmm. an Instagram feed of illustrations, and it's it's just lovely little. It's similar to Thought Catalog. It's just lovely little things to take away, like for your day to make you feel better, to make you feel more positive. And they're they're really bright, they're really colourful, and I look at them and I I really enjoy looking at them. And that that's the kind of thing that I want to have on my feed and the kind of sensation I want to have when I'm going through Instagram, not feeling bad about what I haven't done. Yeah, I think, and it's about taking that responsibility on ourselves, of course. Like, really, if there is that question of if you are an influencer or if you're a content creator and you have a large following, do you have a certain responsibility to be extremely honest? Do you held to a higher account? I'm, I'm not so sure. Um, I kind of go back and forth on it. And I think the Hilo discussed this a couple of months ago now, and they did it so, so well. We can't control what other people are going to put out into the internet. We don't really have a right to control what a lot of people want to put out. Like if, if your whole brand and what you love creating is these, you know, these kind of fantasy images almost, then you have a right to create that. And I think there is a place for it. Yeah. However, it then comes down to you to say, this is great. Like you said, like you can appreciate the work that's gone into it, but good for you and not for me. Like it's just not what I need to see. And yeah. I think that responsibility has to come down. We have a responsibility as adults to responsibly consume. We have a responsibility to consume alcohol sensibly and, you know, unhealthy food sensibly. So why is this different? Yeah, th- that's exactly it. I think if you chose to actively press the follow button, that's a decision you've made and you need to decide if that's right for you. Whatever you might be following, in the same way that, I don't know, if you saw someone post racist or homophobic content, you, you would delete, you would get rid of them. Just because the image looks aesthetically beautiful and pleasing that doesn't mean that it's that it's healthy for you still it needs to be something that you assess and are responsible for and you're totally right like younger younger people teenagers they're not aware of that yet they just see it for what it is and something that they should try and aim for which now we're older we there are some things which just are not attainable for us or something some things that we just know are not right for us and that's fine but then that like you said that is our responsibility to mute, unfollow, delete, whatever it is and whatever platform you're on. The space is your space that you've created, so it shouldn't be harmful to yeah, you. Yeah, I think that's really important. I think when you think of social media, like I've had an Instagram account for what, maybe five or six years. The people I followed six years ago are not gonna be, unless they're friends, of course, but like they're probably not gonna be of much interest to me now because I've changed in those six years and my priorities have changed and what I like has changed. So it you know, you kind of have to do that regular cleanse of your social media and say, is this still reflecting what I want to see? Because I think you can get into a habit. And I did it a few months ago, where I just went through and like unfollowed so many people. Because I just thought, I, you know, I've been following you for years and years, but actually, I don't, you know, I don't really care about this random celebrity and what they're doing. And I don't really care about this brand's new launch. So now when I go on there, the brand launches I see are from brands I really love, and that are doing exciting things. And it's just a more constructive place for me, I think. Yeah, I think I've done the same sort of thing as well. And there's such, I feel like there's such a strong community of travel women on Instagram. And if you find yourself in it, you can form such amazing relationships. And since I've started kind of deleting and being more aware of who I'm speaking to and having those more meaningful conversations, 
I've made so many, so many contacts and established so many relationships. And I say relationships, I know some people might find that weird because it's through Instagram. But that's one of the great things about social media, that it allows you to get in contact with people who have similar interests to you and who want to share the same things and same experiences that you do. And so I was, as much as obviously we're talking about how it's negative, there are so many positives. And if you can find a way to nurture your online environment, in a way that's going to be beneficial like that for you, that's a far more positive way to be using social media than just sitting there and mindlessly scrolling and following back everyone who follows you because you feel like you should rather than you want to. I think that's a really important point you've raised there that I hadn't actually noticed. But since I've started kind of being a bit more ruthless with who I'm following and who I click follow on, I've noticed the same, like that I'm speaking to people more and the conversations I'm having are really lovely. And I'm creating those kind of friendships I guess with other like-minded women and I think that that's where social media really comes into its own because you know just as you said like I think the travel community on Instagram is absolutely lovely like whenever I engage with it I'm like god this is a really lovely group of humans and um I Mm -hmm. think there's so many communities like that online that it kind of makes you feel like you have another group of friends to an extent and yeah like you said I'm sure there are people who are like okay that's just weird um I don't really have a problem talking to strangers so not in like a strange danger way but you know that sounded a bit weird but you you know what I mean like I'm it doesn't really phase me um and I think yeah if you can make social media work for you it's a really brilliant place but it's about curating it for you for no one else and making it just somewhere that you want to spend time in kind of moderated amounts yeah absolutely um but I think there's a few ways that we can help to try and nurture that online environment and make it more positive and I think the easiest ways to do that are the unfollow button which I mean it's unfollow on Facebook on Twitter I know a lot of people sometimes find it's uncomfortable to unfollow someone they don't want to draw attention to it or they'll feel bad or they don't want it to be noticed but a lot of online platforms now also have the mute button which I love mute. yeah I love mute. I think it's so great or on Facebook I think it's unfollow instead of unfriend I think yeah I think it's unfollow on Facebook yeah and it basically means that you can stay friends with that person but you just won't see their content on your feed and I think that's such a great thing because I can understand that you don't want to unfollow someone and offend them if they notice but if you don't want to see their content you just mute them and that way everyone's happy no one needs to know no arguments job done yeah I think did you know you can do that with hashtags as well on Twitter oh I did not yeah so I I mean I stopped using Twitter about 18 months ago now because basically I hated it and it made me miserable so I just deleted the app um but before then I didn't know you could do this but you can you can mute certain words certain phrases and certain hashtags that they won't appear in your timeline so I think there was like what was it like something kicked off on social media some sort of like blogger controversy or something ridiculous And I was sick to my teeth of seeing it on my timeline because, of course, a lot of the people I followed were in the same circles and everyone was discussing it. So I just like found the three most popular phrases and hashtags for it and just blocked them all. And I didn't hear about it again. And it was blissful. That's amazing. Oh, my God. But also really good if you're someone who um, is triggered by certain types of conversations or certain topics or you find them quite difficult and you don't want to see them. um, It's really, really beneficial for that. Absolutely. Yeah. I think the the other way I try to manage my social media more is to stuff like Facebook. For me, it kind of didn't have a use for much longer because, again, like I didn't really like the content that was being put out. And then I kind of discovered the whole closed groups community. And I love that place on Facebook. Like 
it's all I use the app now for. I feel like it's a such a more positive space on Facebook when you're in a group with again it's that like-minded people isn't it that's brilliant. Yeah like I'm part of the Jules and Sarah podcast one which is basically just people being really happy and talking about cheese. Oh my god I love that. You have to join it like it's just pure happiness and just loveliness and everyone chats now and you kind of forget that you're talking to people who you don't know because you're like oh yeah like over Christmas everyone was discussing what they should put on their cheese boards it was amazing oh my god I love Uh, the one for the Emma Gunn show is really nice as well it just discusses everything from like beauty products to like more social issues it's a really positive space oh I love that I'm gonna have to check out both of those I'm actually part of the cool dog group (laughs) I need that I cannot recommend it enough I mean my feed because there's like hundreds of thousands of people in it obviously but it's all just people posting really happy photos of their good boys. They're just so cute. There's and my feed is just permanently flooded with dog photos and I'm I'm very okay with that. Okay, I'm going to go join that group after this because that sounds it's like corgi butts on Instagram. If you do not follow, is it corgi bums or corgi butts? Corgi bums. Corgi bums, which I know sounds really really weird, but um, they've got the peaches bums they're so cute and we both love corgis and if you're a corgi fan then you have to go and follow corgi butts because it is the cutest cutest thing seriously how have we never given that as a recommendation before i have no idea i genuinely don't know i recommend it to people i meet randomly i do all the time like, do you follow corgi bums obviously i check that they're probably not going to think i'm insane but um, not a conversation starter no hi do you follow corgi bums <laughs> but um that and like daxi world and stuff like that like my feed very much is beautiful items of clothing that i could like take inspiration from interiors in both when i have my own place dogs and cats <laughs> yeah my, mine's pretty much travel inspo and dog butts and cats doing stupid things that's about it and that's, See, how that's my kind of positive space. Yeah, exactly. Like my, some people might be like, "Oh, but you don't have this kind of positivity." No, no, no. I'm happy with dogs. Yeah, but on a on a more serious note, though, obviously the the more extreme kind of end of the scale, and I know more and more people are doing this. Is you touched on it briefly, just deleting the app. Yeah, you don't have to have it all. Like you really don't have to have every type of social media. It's a myth. It's a lie. Yeah, and there's more and more people that I know and some of our friends as well. And they just they've acknowledged that it is not a healthy space for them for their own mental health. And the first step is to just cut it all out completely and go from there. And if you want to go back on in a week, a month, six months time, whenever, that's fine. But if that's the first step you need to take to feel better, then I think that's a that's a very valid thing to do. Yeah, and I think it's kind of to an extent and I know it's really easy to get caught up in that thing of like, oh, but will I miss something? And when I got rid of Twitter, I was like, oh, God, but I'm not going to get any news updates. And I was like, no, I am. Like, I heard about the news before Twitter existed. You know, you can still keep up to date with your friends. You can still see what's going on in the world. But you don't have to be on it all. You don't have to see it all. And, yeah, it, I just think make it make it work for you. I think that's the real theme that we've been kind of saying throughout today. But you've got to make social media work for you because no one else is going to come and just do it for you. Yeah, you're responsible for that space that you're making online. And yes, there's shitty accounts out there and people posting horrible things, but you you have the choice and you don't need to see yeah, it. Yeah, I completely agree. So I think that's that's it for this week. Um, I hope that it's been um, an interesting chat and that it's, I feel like it's very relevant to a lot of people. So I hope that you've been able to take something from this. 
Um, I'll also link those articles as well that we spoke about yeah. and the recommendations as well. We'll leave those in the show notes. Um, and as always as well, we'd love to hear from you from about your experiences, um, anything to do with social media, any topics that you'd like us to cover in the future. We would love you to get in contact, which you can do um, at 20sarehard at gmail.com. And also on Instagram at 20s are hard. And actually what would be really nice is that if you follow any accounts that you find are just really positive spaces that you love, tag us on like their posts or send us like send us something from their um, grid because we're always looking for more happy, positive, lovely places on the internet. And we'll just share those with everyone else as well because I think it's just, you can't go wrong no, there, can absolutely. you? Absolutely. So we hope you have a lovely week. All of the positivity in the morning, first thing, through the day, and on social media. (laughs) Uh, We will speak to you soon. Bye. Bye.